everybody. Welcome to B.O. Boys for Tuesday, August 4th. It's a raw feed. Fuck it. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. And Pat, go ahead and gloat. Go ahead and do it. I know you want to do it. You were right about something. Tell us what you were right about. Well, I mean, I'm right about a lot of things. Um, First of all, I love how well you know me that you know I want to gloat so bad. That you you know I'm not the type of person who is humble or uh, is not a sore winner. Like that, I think that really uh, is a, a sign of our friendship that you understand that I am dying to rub something into your face. Absolutely. Um, so, so go ahead, rub it in. This okay. is a rub it, rub it in moment. Oh, this is a huge rub moment. This is, it, it, we will rub. And it will be in. So the big news in box office land this week is, of course, that Universal Studios and the AMC movie chain have come to a deal. And deal is a nice way of saying a a slaughtering. Would you agree this is a slaughtering by Universal? I mean, I think they definitively won. Like, let's just give a little context here. There was a feud between AMC Theaters and Universal because Universal wanted to shorten the window between theatrical release and PVOD release, right? Because there had been a longer window, anywhere from 75 to 90 days is the norm. They pulled uh, a kind of a a trick with, with... Trolls World Tour, where it was PVOD and same day, that did Buffa Bobo, also mm-hmm. did Buffa Download. Mm-hmm. So Universal thought, oh, this should be the future. We want this. And AMC said, you can't have this. So then Universal said, well, we're not going to release any. No, AMC said, we won't show any of your films in our theaters. Which, as soon as they said that, what did I do? I laughed. I laughed at that threat. You laughed heartily, yes. And you guffawed. You guffawed. Yes. And lo and behold, a couple of months later, my laughter was vindicated. My laughter was proven to be correct because guess what? The deal is pretty much AMC rolling over, bending over, and spreading and saying, Universal, shorten the window. Close the window, basically. Throw a brick through the window. That is what AMC said. Well, the window's out the window. The window's out the window, yeah. The window's out the window and the door is closed. I don't know what the door has to do with anything. Well, it's the window can't get back in because the door closed. Oh, so the window takes the door when it... Tries to come back in. Right, 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 right. Because the window is like on the ground level now. Uh, it's no longer a window. It's right. got a grovel. Yeah, of course. Everything's personified. Everything grows legs. And the window is over. Just like I said it would be because AMC and they brought Regal into it, which, you know, tried to get Big Brother in there, or Little Brother. I, you know, I forget who's older. But tried to get a brother in there. Say, help me out. The Universal's picking on me. Maybe if two two brothers team up together, we could fight them. And Universal just slapped them both around and said, no. It's throwing you out the window. 
And that's well, what so, I predicted would happen. And I was right. And this is well, me gloating. Talk, well, yes. Let's talk about the actual number. It's 17 days. 17 days is the new window for Universal Films. Mm-hmm. At AMC, Regal has not chimed in at the moment, so we don't know if they're going to agree. They're probably going to fall into line. There's really no... The theaters have... The reason why I didn't believe that Universal had all the power was because I didn't realize how long theaters would be closed. I was naive. Right. It, it was a different time. I was a different person. And, you know, I, I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. And... Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I have, I'm humbled. I'm humbled as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the people who've been humbled by this, AMC theaters, soon to be Regal, will be humbled. Cinemark will be humbled, uh, and I, I, I am currently humbled. So, I will say though, that this does make sense. The theaters are acting like the other theater chains are acting like this is calamitous which i don't agree with because here's the real issue with this Mm -hmm. if you put out a movie say universal puts out f9 f9 ain't going to pvod in 17 days huh because it's gonna do baffa bobo right it's gonna do huge opening weekends basically 17 days is the first three weekends of a movie coming out on a Friday. You get that three-day weekend, and you get two full weeks. So you get three weekends before it'll start showing up on your iTunes, your Amazons, your YouTube, Google Plays, you know, your Voodoo, all that stuff. Three weekends there. So that's when a big movie is going to make most of its money anyway. But, but this is for the stinkers. Yes. This is so that if a movie is a stinker, mm-hmm. it comes out, it does, like, not to throw any movie under the bus, but say something like Charlie's I kn- Angels. Uh, I knew you were going to say Charlie's Angels. Of course, because it's the stinker that's the closest to my heart and nearest to my mind. So... Because there's people in that movie that I like, and the director I I love, Elizabeth Banks, I think is a great actress, very Mm -hmm. talented, right? It could have saved so much face by coming out. It does bad one week, right? This enables them to immediately say, okay, guess what? PVOD, this is coming out in the next uh, couple weeks. You can see it at home. Get ready for it. The stink of the BO might be an issue, right? Because there's going to be a BO stink to it. But there's going to be plenty of people who are like, good, now I don't have to go out and see this. I can rent it. The barrier of entry is smaller, so more people will pay to watch it. Yes. And people love, and I think you're seeing that during the, the pandemic PVOD era, people still want new stuff. There is just an inherent draw to new. So something like a stinker like a Charlie's Angels, Kristen Stewart edition, it'll bomb in the theaters. But when you're flipping through your TV and you're looking for something to rent and your choice is, you know, do I rent Field of Dreams, which I know I like, but it's old 
It's not going to, you know, be a conversation point at parties. Or do I rent a new stinker? You're going to rent the new stinker. Mm-hmm. But if if Charlie's Angels isn't available on PBOD till three to six months later, then it's not an it's not a new stinker. It's an old stinker. And an old stinker is going to be the least enticing thing. Because it's irrelevant at this point. We've already moved on as a culture. So you're talking about Charlie's Angels three months after it bombed in the theaters. Nobody's talking to you about Charlie's Angels. The only people talking about Charlie's Angels now is us. Yes. And we're box office experts. Right. Not everyone's us, thank God. Nobody else is us except for us. Right. So the shortened window is going to is going to monetize new stinkers. And and it's good for the theaters because they're not they're not built like they're not stuck with a a bad tenant mm-hmm. and not I'm not saying tenant the movie, I'm saying tenant in the sense of like this is an you know this is like uh I'm using rent you know apartment rentals and stuff as a right, as right. a uh, you know as an allegory or no, it's not an allegory, it's a what's the other one? Simile, facsimile. No, it's an example. Metaphor. Something. Yeah. Anyway. But tenant tenant and tenant are probably too uh they sound too much alike for you to use them. I exactly. think I don't think the word tenant could be used on our podcast because How about a renter? Tenant. If you have a renter, sure. you want to be able to get this renter out if it's not paying its 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 uh rent, right? This enables the theaters to kick out these bum movies that aren't paying to keep the lights on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then they can just churn in other movies. And we've seen, here's also an option. We've seen catalog films doing a Baffa Bobo. Yes. Bring in a catalog film. Bring in a film by a filmmaker that has a big movie coming out that was a big hit by them and get people excited to see the new film because they love this old film. Like you're seeing that with Inception is being released before Tenet comes out. Mm-hmm. These kind of things are greasing the tracks. And this is something that could also be an earner. And especially when theaters are more open and people want to get out of the house, they'll go and see a catalog title because they just want to be in the theater again. Right. Yeah, there is something to the future of movies or movie theater business needing to have a lot more nimbleness in their scheduling and a lot more freshness weekend to weekend where your movie can't your movie theater can't just show all right we've got five of the 15 movies that are you know out in the country this month it needs to like cycle through movies a lot quicker and yeah do like you said Take out a, a stinker and put in a catalog title for one weekend and then switch that out with something new the following weekend. And, and our brains are now acclimated to the streaming services. Right. Where there's so much to go through and flip through. And these these services will, like even the ones that own the catalogs, right? The HBO Max who who can can pretty much show any of the Warner Brothers movies at once. Mm-hmm. It goes through where, oh, Batman, the Batman movies are leaving and then they're gone for a couple months and then they come back and people, it's just this like churn that you have to create because if everything is on some, is if everything is on one service all the time, 
people won't watch anything. They mm-hmm. need that kind of like, oh, well, this could go away, so I need to watch it before it goes. It's it's this churn in our mind, and it's faster now because we have it at our fingertips. Right. And we did before, but now it's all we have, so our brains are now programmed that way. And the theaters have to realize that that churn is way faster than it was before. Right. Well, I mean, if you really think of, and neither of us ever ever owned or programmed a movie theater, but it when you really think of what goes into it, not to downgrade uh, a theater owner manager's job, but these chains, it is seems like there's almost no thought that really needs to go into running a AMC or a, or a Regal theater. It is basically you get the new stuff, you keep it in there for five, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever. Other new stuff comes in, we switch that. It's so mindless. And I don't think that's what the customers are going to want anymore. You know, they're going to want all of these theaters to be programmed the way an Alamo Draft House or an indie theater is programmed, where there is actual, like, curation that goes into what's going to be shown. You know what we need? You know what the theaters need? They need, they need a Billy Bean. Yes. They yes. need a stat head. They need somebody mm-hmm. who can – it's about getting the on base, right? It's, it's, it's not always about the home run hitters. It's about yes. getting on base. Yes. Which we know since the, the A's have won numerous championships, correct? I assume so. I mean, it's, it's hard to really know what baseball – uh, it's baseball. But anyway, you know, but, you know, yes, that they, needs... they have to money ball the movie theater industry. Yeah. Movie ball. Movie. Do we have the first B.O. Boys book idea? I think we do. I mean, I'm horrible with numbers, so I probably would not be good at this. But we need to find somebody who is good at it and then write about them. Yes. The same way the guy who wrote Moneyball did too. Because he's good with words, but he's not good with numbers. Right. We need a numbers guy who could go out and to- do this and then we cash in by writing his autobiography, talking about his divorce, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean we'll do we'll cover some of of how we change the movie industry, but it's gonna be a lot of, of like lurid sex details. And his drinking. Of course. Well the drinking is what uh, puts him Fuels in such a bad him. financial situation that he sells his life rights to us for, you know, a, a song. Yeah, we got to find a guy who's really good with stats, but also very, very troubled. Yes, yes. Who's, who is going to be easy to take advantage of, but also mm-hmm. is really excited to uh, be a statistician who changes the movie industry. Yeah, see, that's, I think, that will be the game changer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, these these guys uh, and gals are so set in their ways. It's it's plug and play. Yep. And we're not in a plug and play world anymore. No. Yeah, the, mo- the movie chains are going to have to, I mean, you know, you see this in all industries. You know, it's like indie bookstores are eating Barnes & Noble's lunch. And people want more uniqueness in their retail experience. And I don't think the big movie chains have adapted pre-COVID to that. You know, they were basically, all right, we show Avengers on every screen and we, you know, pry the lid off of the barrel of popcorn butter 
and we, you know, pour it into a vat and that's it. That's it. I turn the lights on and I make sure the freckle-faced teenagers show up. Yes. And that's all they had to do. And I don't think that's enough anymore because this 17-day window is going to force them to be more nimble. They're going to have to juggle a lot of product. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it. I mean, I, I don't love it only because I predicted it and was proven so right today. I love it because I do think it's going to lead towards eventually making the movie theater experience better. Yes, because they they have been complacent. Mm-hmm. This this COVID has been bad. I mean, I'm going to go out and, I you know, I don't like to make declarations because you can always, you know, the, the tide of history changes. Right. The, uh, the, you know, what people think are good is good can no longer be good uh, a week from now. Right. Right. We used to but wear feel, we used to wear our clothes backwards in the '90s, and now we don't. And now we don't. But See, it was great exactly. then. And and now you know you'd be laughed you'd be laughed off your block for that. Right. Right. So so I think that I can definitively say COVID bad. Yes. But it has accelerated something that was looming anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like it sh- should, as a bad thing, it can spur the theaters to become new and better, or it can drive them under. Yes. And I think and I hope that you know these industry professionals are listening to us and get a fire in their belly mm-hmm. and a fire uh, under their feet and wherever they need fire to be so that they can because we want to go we want to go to theaters we want to support theaters we want to be theater goers we will be theater goers no matter what the situation is right yes, we want theaters but, to exist through the rest of our lives and we both want to live into triple digits so yes you know figure it out so they need to pivot if they're going to outlive us right right i want theaters do i want them to outlive me i w- listen here's what i want for movie theaters i want movie theaters to exist for a long long time i want the theater industry to go belly up like a few days before i die um because I do want to know that I'm not missing uh, movies anymore. But, like I said, I want to live to a number that gets me on the Today Show. Yeah, so they have... Yeah, so um, Al Roker's wishing you a happy birthday because he also wants to live into triple digits. Yes, and he should live a lot longer than me because he's he's got a lot of money and, you know, he he's earned it. So and yes. he dropped the weight. He dropped the weight. Yes. He did the work. He's got the money. He's got the doctors. He should live longer than me. Theaters should live a little less than me, but I should live a long time, which is all to say we want theaters to exist for another 60 or 70 years. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in order for that to happen, they're going to have to adapt. I think theaters are going to have to find find like talent like for the first uh, like did you ever think of movie theaters or at least like theater chains like amc and regal needing to have uh talent 
within their managerial positions. It's not something you ever associate with like running a theater. But I do no, think you don't, now you don't hear about hot executives mm-hmm. that that work for these theater companies. Right, right. And they're, they're going to need that. And they're going to no need Mavericks. They're going to need that on the local levels. You know, you're going to need a hotshot uh, theater owner or, you know, theater manager or manageress who is running the AMC in, you know, uh, downtown Kansas or whatever. Gets uh, called up to the big leagues. Right. Or, or, you know, in that theater, they're running a great theater. And then there's another great manager who's running a theater in Colorado. And you're going to need talent all over the country. This is, this is possibly opening up a, a whole industry uh, of creativity within the movie theater business if they go I, that way. I think you're going to need consistency throughout the theater. So I think it, it, it may have to start higher. Start like, higher. Okay. Because you have to have a consistent plan of action right. that and get buy-in from all of the, the, the theaters in the AMC chain. Right. Like, I think your idea works if you're talking, get somebody from a smaller chain that has way less theaters and they can, they can try, execute in say five, six theaters in a small area and then that that theater chain has a consistency about it and it's it's doing it's like got a statistician it's figuring out how much this will make at this time how much this movie will make at this time compared to another movie should we switch this movie out those kind of things that's the kind of thing that you can do on a small scale and then be you know get called up to the majors AMC Regal Cinemark right, and right. and really try to broaden that right well, the main That's thing is we got an exciting notion to me. We got to find the movie business needs to find its movie ball statistician who's going to come in and change the game. Well, I do a I do a, a Zoom a uh, I do like um, I, I don't know if I should say this, but I do a Zoom AA. Okay. So I could see if anybody there is into stat because they're they're all very. I mean. This is like a hardcore situation. So right. so there might be somebody who hits our criteria. Right, right. Who's easy for us to take advantage of, but is also a math genius who could revolutionize the movie business. Because I don't ask questions usually. That I'm just really talking a lot. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I like to see myself on that screen, so I really try to monopolize the conversation. Right, right. And I need to maybe ask just cursory kind of, do you like movies? Do you like stats? Right. Because uh, I already know they're demons yes yes yeah you know what you could exploit now you need to know what they could do for you well is there something there worth exploiting yes 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 all right so you handle that um i think that's good work for you to do god will provide so yeah i mean i don't know what else to say. i think this is a story we're going to be continuing to cover because this is just the tip of the iceberg in that this is Universal Studios only that AMC has made this deal with. But I think it's pretty safe to say this is opening the floodgates where Disney, Warner Brothers, Paramount, Sony, they ain't going to accept less from AMC. You know, you well, look at Disney, Disney's going to say, all right, Universal's getting a 17-day shortened window. 
uh, I'm Disney. I want three days. I want opening weekend, and then it's on Disney Plus on Monday. Well, according to mm-hmm. this Variety article, Disney is not going to do it. Disney is not looking to Disney, shorten the window. Disney has no interest. But you got to think, Disney only puts out blockbuster stuff, at least right. in the past. So they don't need that. They 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 haven't needed that shortened window. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I do think that Disney, you know, they're not looking so great. I mean, their streaming service is looking pretty strong. But again, like... I'm very low on their new output with Endgame being like such a huge crescendo. And then, you know, the the different things that the Pixar movies that are coming down the pipeline are weak. So they may want a 17 day window so they can plop things onto Disney Plus. Right. I mean, I think I think, though, 17 this deal with Universal is going to be the standard that all the movie companies are going to get. And you may have other companies who try and force their hand and say, we want an even shorter window. Yeah. You know, whether maybe it's not Disney, but Warner Brothers, you know, a studio like that might say, we want 14 days or whatever. But I think at this point, 17 days is going to be the minimum for the major studios. You're not going to have, you're not going to have a Paramount who's going to say, all right, we still will take the 90-day window. It's not going to happen. There's precedent for this with Universal, though. Do you remember back in 2011, I believe, with Tower Heist, they attempted to do a theater-then 30-day window to VOD? With Tower Heist specifically. That's interesting. Yeah, there was pushback by Cinemark and some of the other, you know, movie companies that i mean because this was 2011 right that's it's like a different stone time age. yeah that's stone age vod right so that people balked it balked at that but i think you know universal has had this in their mind for a very long time mm-hmm. at least almost a decade well they won i won amc lost and you lost i mean is that I, fair I'm to say humbled. I'm humbled. I wouldn't say I lost. I'll take you know, humbled. Because, okay, because we because because in the end, I do believe that we're all we'll all be winners from this. Okay. See, I don't like that. I still think I will be the biggest winner because we'll all get a better movie experience. But I will have been right. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is something you could take to your grave you know, a hundred years from now. Yes. I want Al Roker to announce that Pat Stango has died today, lived to be 143. And he was right about AMC caving and giving universal studios a 17 day theatrical to PVOD window. So this is a slow news day. Um, I think, I think news just moves even faster at that point. So they're just going to be churning through so much to feed the news beast. You know, we're talking at this point, this is in, uh, you know, 2120. 
So, yeah. you know, it's forget a 24-7 news cycle. It's just instantaneous. You know, so Al Roker is saying this, but it's like a direct upload to your consciousness. Okay. It's yeah. just in your head. Yeah, no yeah. No consent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like someone's like, you know, they're in a, uh, a, a, a flying, you know, they're flying around in a flying pair of pants going to work in, in Jupiter. And then that my obituary just gets uploaded from Al Roker's consciousness right into theirs. So CNN then will stand for Consentless News Network. Yes, yes. I, or Consciousness News Network. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably more positive. Yes, yes. I would suggest they go with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but which is all to say it will be in my obituary that today I was right. Well, that's I'm looking forward to reading that obituary or having it, you know, downloaded into my brain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they'll uh, they'll leave it as a note in your casket because you will have died already. <laughs> that that's sorry. I got something in my throat. Um, but yeah, no, that that definitely is will be the case. All right. So do we want to move on to the top 10? We got to. And this is a, a wild top 10 because there's just top 10s all over the place. Clayton, tell them about it. Well, so last week I was, uh, anybody who listened, I was at my lowest ebb mm-hmm. with these top 10s because all we were talking about were these catalog films, right? We have something like that this week and two, but here's the rub. We were getting our top tens from Deadline because Deadline was actually doing the work, putting in some time, making some phone calls, and getting box office from some of these theaters that and and and, and companies that weren't actually reporting to say the numbers or Box Office Mojo. Because Box Office Mojo was not doing any of its own research; it was waiting for a phone to ring. Right. I mean, basically. And- since the pandemic started and the theater business went away and it was just, you know, just drive-ins and a couple of indie hardtops, Box Office Mojo for months was the only reporting we were getting. And they were basically just taking the reporting that was done by IFC Films and a couple of independent studios that were still putting stuff out. And then Deadline finally, it's been about, what, two months now, a month and a half, where Deadline has been going out, collecting the numbers directly from all these open theaters and putting together a real top 10 that accurately reflects what the money, what the ticket sales have been at all the open theaters. So I, for some reason, went to this garbage site uh, on a whim, Box Office Mojo Mm -hmm. was what I mean by garbage site, and saw that they had a top 10. Yes. And on a cursory view, it looked the same. Mm-hmm. But then we dug a little deeper. So at first, let's let's just rip through this deadline top 10 because right. this is the legitimate top 10. Yes. And I'm just going to give, I'm not going to give theater counts or anything like that because at this point, it, it doesn't matter. It's it's indie hardtops and it's it drive, drive-ins, right? Yeah, yeah. And more, yes, more theaters are opening, but it's not... We're not at the point where it's big news yet. Yeah. Okay. Although because we don't just, have AMC, we don't have Regal, we don't have the big dogs. 
bark the, it, right? The one, one note in this Deadline article is that it does seem within a few weeks there will be about 1,000 theaters open. And that's a big milestone. Yeah, so that'll be a, that'll start to get us closer to obviously nowhere near where we were before, but it starts to get us towards, um, you know, you might you might have some movies that make a million dollars in a weekend, so that'll be a big deal. But for right now, yeah, it's still, you know, we're in the couple of hundred theaters are open nationwide. So here's your top ten. Number one. Second week in a row, an IFC movie, The Rental, directed by Dave Franco, making 290k. Number 2, Goonies, making 208k. Number 3, we got Jurassic Park making 192k. 4, Jaws, 142k. 5, Grease a movie you picked a couple weeks ago, maybe mm-hmm. months ago at this point. Yeah, early to, on to, I to, said Greece would be a catalog title that would do well. And it came in at number five, $138,000. Number six, Back to the Future, $137,000. Number seven, Jungle Book made $127,000. And number eight, Dirty Dancing made $113,000. Number nine, Gremlins, made $109.3,000. And then Karate Kid, number 10, made $109,000. So there we go. One new film or newish film, the IFC's uh, rental, Mm -hmm. which is a legitimate number one. It's the first legitimate number one IFC has had. So congratulations, you threw enough shit at the wall, something stuck, like we said last week. Congratulations, Dave Franco. I mean, this is good back to back. It's still going strong rental wise. Also, PVOD. I know you rented it the other night. I, I A did. A friend of ours also rented it. So it's it's getting out there. Yeah, and I will say we're not a movie review show. We're a box office numbers show. But I did rent the rental, and I liked it. It's a good movie. I'm glad it's number one. I'm glad it's doing well. Uh, Allison Bree's very good in it, and uh, yeah, she's on the top of the box office. Her and her and Dave Franco, their their home must be very upbeat right now. Let's just say that. Yes. Wine bottles what? a popping. Um, yeah, nothing else. I mean, anything else strikes you in the South 10. It's all catalog titles. I mean, I think we hammer it home every week, but the big thing we're learning here is Steven Spielberg is a huge star. I mean, it's got Jurassic Park in there has been pretty much at the top of these lists this whole time. I mean, Jurassic Park is a blockbuster of all blockbusters. Jaws has been up there for a while. You know, he's got Goonies and Gremlins that he produced. Back to the Future, I think he produced it. If not, he definitely like hung out on set when Zemeckis was making it. So like Spielberg is just, you know, the the, the king of the pandemic. He got his fill of crafty on Back to the Future, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This guy mm-hmm. was eating Reese's Pieces and, you know, yeah. doing a whole, oh, look at me, I'm E.T. You know, he loves to do that kind of stuff. Right, right. So let's talk about this box office mojo mess. Okay. Because... At first, wow, it looks like they're actually going to be doing real work. Mm-hmm. The rental, they have it at number one. 
$290,000, same as Deadline. Mm-hmm. The number two film, according to Box Office Mojo, Goonies, right? But here's the rub. According to Box Office Mojo, a site that is specifically about box office earnings, okay, that is their milieu, if you will. That is what they do, is they should be number crunchers. For some reason, the Goonies, according to Box Office Mojo, only made 150k. Mm-hmm. Isn't Whereas that curious? Deadline had it 208. 208. So we've got a missing 58 thousand dollars somewhere right okay? where's that money box office mojo where is it all right. right jurassic park number three okay they got that right 117k according to box office mojo compared to 192k by deadline okay so now now box office mojo's misplaced another seventy five thousand dollars that's a little yes. curious that is a lot of money to just you know fall out of your pocket and then here's where it gets nuts. Okay. The number four movie, according to Box Office Mojo, was Back to the Future. That made $107,000. Now, according to Deadline, the number four movie is Jaws. That made mm-hmm. 142k, And they have Back to the Future at number six, making 137k. right? So... So that, according to Deadline, Back to the Future made more money but was lower on the chart than Box Office Mojo had Back to the Future, which is bizarre. Well, basically, it seems like Box Office Mojo didn't bother to find out how much Jaws made because Deadline had Jaws at number four. So they didn't even check that. And they lost another thirty grand of what Back to the Future actually made. So at this point, Box Office Mojo has somehow misplaced several hundred thousand dollars. So then, just gone. Num- gone. Just gone. Clear blue sky just disappeared. Yep. Number five, Greece. So they got that right. Number five, both had Greece. Yep. Only Deadline, one hundred thirty-eight k. Box Office Mojo. $102,000. So again, here's another 30 grand. grand. Yep. Yeah, 36 grand. You know, if if there's some box office mojo executives driving around in in new uh Rolls Royces. Right, right. Pink Cadillacs. Yeah, exactly. Buying mink coats for their their partners. Yep. Take it off. Yeah. We, listen. We got to figure this out because yep. this, you know, follow the money, find the fraud, as was famously said. Th- this is ridiculous. But just when you thought it couldn't get any more ridiculous. So now this is where they totally split. This is where it feels like number five, Box Office Mojo has Greece. And then at this point, Box Office Mojo seems to have thrown up his hands and said, I don't know. Let's just let's just you you tell us what number six is. Whoever yeah, calls me next, whoever calls me next, and says they want to be number six on our top ten movies of the week, we're printing it. So who who called Box Office Mojo next? The little 
Finjis were hurt from making little phone calls mm-hmm. to to places to get money. They weren't used to doing this anymore. So they just picked up the phone and guess who who uh, who was on the other line? Uh, a movie called The Big Ugly, which made $89,000 last right weekend, which um, and here's here's one thing I want to say before we go into it. This is no uh, slam on any of these movies that Box Office Mojo was put from 6 to 10. No. Good for no. them for making the money that they've made and good for them for getting Box Office Mojo to list them in the top 10. They made the phone call. They made the phone call. Yep. That's something Box Office Mojo doesn't do. They answer calls, but they don't make calls. Nope. Okay? So Big Ugly, a Vinnie Jones movie that we talked about last week that actually was in Deadline's top 10 last week. Mm-hmm. So, legitimate movie. Summerland, number seven, made $28,000. Now, compare this to the number seven movie on Deadline, which is Jungle Book, that made $127,000. Okay? Right. Now, Box Office Mojo, number eight, The Wretched. Remember The Wretched? So, The, the Wretched movie- is one of these IFC horror films that. Box Office Mojo had it number one months ago. Yes, and that our boy from Forbes, Scott Mendelson, was mm, saying that's right. could have theoretically beat Titanic for most weeks at number one. Oh, my Does God. Does he not look the fool? I mean, talk about somebody who's been humbled. God, I mean, Scott Mendelson, one of our pre-pandemic, one of our heroes, one of our all-time faves. I have very rarely seen a star fall faster than Scott Mendelson's has during his pandemic box office reporting. I mean, hero to zero. Talk about mm-hmm. if Spielberg's the big winner, mm-hmm. Mendelson's one of the big losers. Yep. And we so, always want, we want him to, uh, to rehab himself, to get back to where he once was, but it's going to take a while, Scott. Yeah, to get back in our good grace is to trust you again. Yeah. We need to trust you again, and I'm not ready to trust you right now. So, Wretched, 13K. Number nine, Relic, $9,000. Their number nine movie is a movie that made $9,000. It's another IFC joint. Just to, just to remind you, Number nine for de- Deadline, Gremlins, made $109,000. So that's $100,000 more than Relic yes. made. So, or less Relic made. Goonies made $100,000 more than Relic made. Gremlins made 100000 more than Relic. Gremlins, okay. Right, right, yeah. right. Goonies, Gremlins, I mean, who can remember, right? You don't, you don't feed a Goonie after dark anyway. Right. And the gremlins are always shouting, it's our time down here, it's their time up there. That's a big exactly. gremlin's line, yeah. You pull, a, you pull a gremlin aside and you ask them, are you a gremlin or a goonie? They're 50-50, they say, uh, I don't know. Or right. they say, I'm a goonie, I guess. Right. They don't know. They don't know. So now, here's the very interesting one. Mm-hmm. Number 10. The Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark, which made 
$472. And it's the number 10 film in the country, according to Box Office Mojo. Now, this was in four theaters. And what makes this so interesting mm-hmm. is that we are personal friends with one of the stars of this film. Yes. And for me, I am uh, friends with the writer and director of Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark. I mean, not such close friends, let's be honest, that I knew he had made a movie and released it and it was coming out this weekend. So I guess it's more like we've known each other. Um, But, you know, I, I know we're friends enough that when I saw this title in the top 10, I was like, oh, I think... My friend Travis did that, and then I was correct. So, our our buddy Nikki T, mm-hmm. wannabe oh boy, by the way, listener to this show. Yes. We're hopefully going to do an interview with him tomorrow and get to the bottom of this. Yes. So he's one of the stars of this movie, Nick Turner, um, and. As of now, he's booked. Now, he's he's out there in Hollywood, and even though Hollywood shut down, it's kind of not shut down. You know, there's all sorts of stuff happening. So he's got a lot going on. But as of now, he is booked to do a bonus episode of the B.O. Boys this week, and he's going to talk about what Box Office Mojo was listing as the number 10 movie in the country that he stars in, Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark. Because when you texted him tonight mm-hmm. to inform him of this, he was shocked. He did not know that he was in the number 10 movie in the country, according to Box Office Mojo. And I know what people are thinking out there. How did he not know? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to the bottom of that. Yes. Hopefully. Fingers yes. crossed. Because he's in demand. Listen, we're not the only people asking for a little piece of, of, of Nikki T. Obviously... He's in a top 10 film. Yep. So, but here's the thing, okay? With all that put aside, I do feel like Box Office Mojo needs to, let's have a cut the shit moment. They need to get their shit together. Can they get their shit together, Clayton? Is it possible I, at this point? What I, What is Box Office Mojo? Well, there's some sort of money laundering service at this point, I mm-hmm. believe. Right, because we've already counted hundreds of thousands of dollars that's gone missing under their watch. So are they taking money mm-hmm. to report films now? So are they taking thousands of dollars per film just so these movies can get onto their chart? So, in other words... Did the Goonies play ball? Did Jurassic Park play ball? But Jungle Book didn't play ball, so they don't get on the chart. I see. Dirty okay. Dancing didn't play ball. They don't get on the chart. Gremlins not playing ball. Karate Kid not playing ball. I mean, I don't think that's the case because I at this point I can't imagine these major studios with these catalog titles give half a shit about box office mojo. So you're not going to get them to pay. I do think it really comes down to just they're inept and they're lazy. 
I, I, I don't, I'd love to uncover the scam if there is a scam here from Box Office Mojo's end, but I think it really comes down to they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Okay, so this is just an aptitude. I think it's an aptitude. I think they don't know what the fuck's going on. They are just flailing. They're drowning out there. They're and and now that deadline is out there collecting real numbers. Uh, Box Office Mojo is just uh, an afterthought, and we're still thinking about them because we barely. think about everything. I mean, barely, but. We're the only ones because we got to. We got to think about all these possibilities. But at this point, Box Office Mojo is just, I, I, I think they're becoming irrelevant. It's, it's a shame. I mean, Box Office Mojo, before they were bought by IMDb, was one of our favorite resources on the whole internet. And even pre-pandemic, they really were uh were were really on the downslide once imdb bought them and then of course since pandemic it's just been a total shit show um and again not to take away from any of these movies six or ten that are in there killer raccoons 2 dark christmas dark i'm very excited is getting this publicity and and making the money they're making but I mean, box office mojo, it's, it's, is it time to hang it up? You know, we're talking about them reclaiming past glory. Uh, should we be talking about, you know, uh, uh, a retirement situation for box office mojo? Yeah, I don't even think it's a put it out to stud. I think it's a, you know, here comes the bolt gun. Yes. Well, you putting know. out to stud is, what you would have this site have sex with a lot of other sites, yeah, for procreation. I mean, I don't want to procreate Box Office Mojo. Yeah, you don't want little Box Office Mojos running around. No. Now, no, here, you can't. Re- you can't stud this. Real, real quick, hashtag you can't stud this. The numbers has loaded. And they are just doing the IFC, and they're not doing any catalog films. So this is just a mess. There's no reason to go back to this website. Right. They have the they have the rental as number one, then Summerland, then The Wretched, then Relic, then uh, Killer Raccoons. So on the numbers, Killer Raccoons is Killer Raccoons two is number five. It's number five. Yes. Wow. Oh, this is this is incredible. So then, when we have Nick Turner, star of Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark, he's going to be the star of the number ten and number five movie in the country, according to, of course, Box Office Mojo and the numbers, which is still great for his resume. You know, he's got to put that on there. I'm the star of the number five movie in the country. You know, I'm the star of a movie that was. Anywhere from number five to number ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go with the highest one, so just go with number five. He was in a top five movie. Yeah. So and I mean, this, citation I, this is needed, great for but them. you don't have to put a site. You know, it's like no asterisk on this one. No, the link is broken. You know, he could he could uh, uh, put a hyperlink in there, but then you click on it, it's like link is broken. Yeah. You what you do is you just delete one of the letters. Yep. 
and then you get a broken link and people once it's they're just like oh i must i must have done something wrong yes yes because nobody wants to be be like i don't i can't figure out this link they'll just swallow it and be like okay well i trust them i'm not gonna admit that i don't know how to use a link right and at that point they'll be so embarrassed about the whole broken link situation they're just gonna cast him because they they they're gonna feel old they're gonna feel you know, silly, and the easiest way to get out of that feeling is just put Nikki T in your movie. Just do it. It's easier than, yeah, it's easier than, like, save yourself some embarrassment. Put Nikki T in your project. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Yeah. Wake up, Hollywood. Come on. Um, So, yeah, this is very interesting to see, you know, like we said, we've been going with the deadline top ten these last few weeks. We haven't even thought of what the hell you know, nightmare hellscape is going on in Box Office Mojo. And so it it has been interesting to take a look at at this. I don't get why they don't just reprint Deadline's numbers. Yeah, if they're so lazy, why don't they just do that? Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe Deadline... I mean, you know, I, if I was Deadline, I'd be mad that another website was cribbing off of my, uh, off of my numbers because they didn't do their work. Right. But that, I mean, that's what the internet is. Yeah, you that's know. true. That is true. Everything's just, everything's just recycled. Uh, somebody does all the hard work and then uh, a, another website profits off of it. Right. Talking right. to you, so, Facebook owned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just pwned them big time. Yeah, that was major pwnage. Well, he could stand up to a congressional hearing, but let's see him get questioned by the B.O. boys. Exactly. We'll roast him. Open invite, Zucks. <laughs> yeah. Facebook's about to get faced. Mm-hmm. Talk to the palm. Anyway. Yeah. I'm spent. How, how do you feel? I mean, I think we did everything we had to do. And also, we got to save a little something because there's probably going to be a bonus up this week with the star of Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark, which is possibly the number five movie in the country. That's so Hyperlink big. broken. Hyperlink yeah, I, broken. I'm going to need a lot of juice. I'm, ne- I'm going to need to I'm gonna need to hold some juice back for that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't expel all, right. all of my juices. Right now. Save some. Expel tomorrow, though. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Clayton, we did it. We definitely did it. Uh, Tell us where they can email us, Pat. So, you could email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you went and saw Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark, made $3,472. So... You would assume there's a bunch of wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls who saw it this past weekend, enjoyed it at a drive-in or an indie hardtop. So shoot us an email, theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. Send us your best praise of Nick Turner's performance in that movie, and we will repeat it on air. Mm-hmm. And uh, no Patreon talk. No, we don't even have to... To go into it window shop go there take a look yeah give to charities and other worthy causes absolutely you'll owe us money at some point and then 
we'll deal with it then. It's going to be so far in the future that, right. you know, I, I wouldn't even worry your pretty little heads about it at this right. point. Right. But just, just know it will be before I die. Yeah. So we've discussed that window. Just let it be a little itch, just mm-hmm. a tiny itch all the way in the back recesses of your mind that'll never, you'll never sleep completely soundly. Right. So I think we did it, Pat. So we did it. Until next time, we'll, we'll smell you at the, the box, box office. office. Nailed, Nailed it. it.